0: I'm staring down the road. My life has gone. Is this where I belong? Is it wrong to not believe in right and wrong? My mental state is messed up, and I cried upon while asking you for some answers.
1: Welcome to the Search in Your City podcast. I'm your host, Blaine Larson, and today we are talking with Graham Gooley. Graham's on our staff out in Greenville, South Carolina. Graham, thank you for joining me today, brother.
0: Absolutely. Glad to be here.
1: Well, I hear that you have got all kinds of stuff going on in Greenville, and there is one particular story and relationship that you are going to share with us today. So what is that?
0: Yeah. So I, um, I'm looking forward to sharing this story, um, because it is ongoing. Um, and it's one that actually started uh, a while back. And the good thing is even in the midst of these confusing times, we can figure out ways to get creative and, um, continuing relationship with people. Um, and as everybody knows, that's been a challenge during these times. So I'm um, excited to just share the story and hopefully it encourages those that are listening. Um, so here's a little background. I'm going to share a story with you guys about uh, a friend of mine who we've been friends for about, I'd say, I think going on five years, maybe four and a half years. And I, um, he's a guy who jumped into a group that I was leading. Um, and the purpose of the group was very much kind of, it was a mixed crowd. Some guys were believers, others skeptical, and he definitely uh, joined the group as a skeptic and he's a, a very thoughtful guy, very personable, as fun as they come. Um, so he just brought so much life to this group and, Um, over time, I think he just really began to love and appreciate the depth of conversation that we were having in the space that was created for him to be honest and not feel like we were trying to convince him otherwise or maybe push him in a direction that he wasn't willing to go. And so in that, he and I were able to grab lunches and um, coffees outside of the group and have just built a, built a great relationship over the years. And so, uh, this is probably, I don't know, six to eight months ago. Um, I received a text from him and the text really was, um, it was something I hadn't really received from somebody before to articulate where they were at or what they were thinking. And so I'm going to read what he sent to me and a little bit of our dialogue. So be patient with me as I just read through, Um, what he sent me and then the content within what he sent me. Here's what he said. This song very accurately depicts how I feel about God and religion, and it's one I listen to often. If you haven't heard of this guy, his rap style is aggressive, but verbally articulate and mindful. Like me, he's analytical and admittedly on a journey to pursue Christ, but struggles with his conflicting opinions. I highly suggest listening to it two or three times and really hearing what he's saying more than just how he's saying it. And so here are some of the lyrics that this song um, had within them that I want to share with you all that gives you a picture of um, what my friend is kind of thinking and how he feels about kind of this journey towards pursuing Christ. So here's what the lyrics say. And mind you, as I read these lyrics, I did have to um, edit them. As he said, it's he's a pretty aggressive artist in the way that he articulates what he's thinking. And so I I had to edit it down a bit. So um, if it doesn't fully um, rhyme or make sense in the way that it should, that's why, but just listen. And I think you'll hear, hear the heart of this man. So he says this, I'm staring down the road. My life has gone. Is this where I belong? Is it wrong to not believe in right and wrong? My mental state is messed up. And I cried upon while asking you for some answers. But we don't have that type of bond. Now my desire has gone with the way that I've been living lately. If I died right now, you'd turn the fire on. I'm sick of this. People call me a sellout because I, hopped to, because I hopped to Christianity so strongly, then I fell out. Now I'm avoiding questions like a scared dog with his tail down, feeling so humiliated because they look at me like I'm hell bound. What story should I tell now? I'll just expose the truth. I'm so close to the edge. I should be close to you, but who are you? You never showed the proof and I'm only human. What am I supposed to do? And so that's a little taste of some of the lyrics that were in this song. And um, I'm going to share with you what my response was to uh, my friend's text. So I said this, this, and again, we followed up after the fact, but my response in the text was, so I've had a chance to listen to this song multiple times. I really appreciate this, his honesty. I was able to relate to about 99.9% of the things he said at one point or another in my life. I thought one of the most powerful lines in the song was when he said, I need an answer, and humans just can't provide it. True statement that could be made. Thanks for sharing this with me. I look forward to continue having conversations with you around everything he said.
1: So, Graham, I just love how you responded to your friend there. And it's such a great model. And I think all of us, if we're being honest, it doesn't matter where we fall on the spectrum of, of belief or or not believing anything, uh, we wrestle with these kind of questions. And, man, it's just something that artists and, and musicians, lyricists do so well, is they sometimes are able to capture what uh, the mass Populists can't put into words, right? And and they're honest. And I just I like how honest the artist was, and I like how honest your friend was. But what I love most is how you wade into that and how you connect with it. And it's your uh, your just your response of of love and um, empathy is amazing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I appreciate that. And I think it, it comes easy because it's true. <laughs> if I'm being honest with him, uh, these, the wrestlings that he's expressing, and I think the things that he's feeling are, are feelings and emotions I've experienced myself. And so being able to uh, sympathize in many ways, also with my friend is, is what I hope that he knows that I've I've been there and I find myself there at times now. And, to be able to continue that conversation, to know that I, I, I'm not going to give him an answer to all that was expressed in that song over a text message—that's a—it's a laughable thought. And so, for he and I, it's—it's it's more so this shared experience of life. He's on a different—he's at a different place in his walk with God than I am, and I think that that's what I love about what we get to do within search is. You know, we say we we help adults take their next step towards God. And so for me, I have my own next step to take towards God. And I want to encourage my friend as he is on this self-admitted journey towards Christ that is conflicting at times for him. I want to create a space where he really can take that next step towards God rather than feeling like I need to make something happen or get him to where I'm at. Uh, as quickly as I can. So this, I I feel like this is the best way that I could do it was just continuing that dialogue. that, honestly, he and I are still having today. He just checked on me on Sunday on Father's Day. He knew where, uh, where my dad's health was at. It's a little sidebar, but just to give you a taste of what that relationship really means to me, he's a great friend who just, he checks on me. We have these dialogues about about life—that's that's really honest—and so I I pray for him often, knowing that he's on a journey just like I am. Well,
1: I'm just surprised, Graham, because I thought you had it all figured out.
0: Yeah, yeah, I uh, I thought I did at one point in time, and I find myself <laughs> further and further away from that.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, don't you find it fascinating, though? That, I mean, this is—it is one of the things I love about what we get to do, but it, it is rooted in. The things, the, the conversations that Jesus had, is that, it, look, if we're being honest, even those of us who are followers of him, we have questions. Uh, it is called the Christian faith for a reason. Um, mm-hmm. There are things we don't know. Are there reasons uh, that we have? I mean, you know, we 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 have conversations. There's there's compelling evidence for the existence of God, I think, and the reliability of the Bible and other things. There's there's a lot that, and we talk mm-hmm. about all those things. But man, there's there is nothing out there that is irrefutable. There's nothing that uh, can't be questioned, um, and, and there's nothing that will make somebody believe. Uh, th- but there is reasons and there is evidence. It's that tension, and I think one of the things that I love about what we do is we welcome the tension. We welcome the journey. We welcome the actual real friendship. We're, we're, we're not— Setting. Or I was joking with you earlier, but you know, you're not setting yourself up like, "Hey, I've got it all figured out," and you know, just come with me over here. <laughs> right. It's like, No, man. Uh, um, let's let's do this journey together, and uh, let's let's figure this out together. And I just think it's uh, it's needed now more than ever, especially with people who differ. To get people together who differ so greatly on fundamental questions like who is god and to to build a friendship like you've described where it's a real friendship and he's checking in on you on father's day cuz he knows your dad's sick and there's health issues there right i mean that's just yeah man if we could have that everywhere that would be amazing
0: agreed and you know it's it i think a lot of it does start with you know how we how we've been set up within search to create those safe spaces where he can come in into a room where he knows there's Christians in the room, he knows I'm a Christian, yet he can share his opinion wholeheartedly and honestly with conviction and know that he's not going to be um he's not going to be bashed for that. Nobody is going to make him feel bad about what he thinks or expresses and I think that alone is a huge uh springboard to honest relationship one that makes him feel like okay this is this really is a place where i can come and start to know people and let them know me and i think that's where most people just don't really feel like they have a place that they can be known and still loved if their opinion maybe differs from the majority in the room
1: that's right that's That's what we're trying to do here is create those places where people can feel that way, and you're doing a great job at it. Now, I want to pivot just a little bit here, Graham, and in the remaining minutes that we've got on the podcast, uh, I always like to ask all of you that call in, all of our our staff, uh, what from the Scripture is just floating around in the back of your head right now? What's something you're chewing on, wrestling with, thinking about, that you think might be useful for the rest of us, and and so I'd pose that question to you today.
0: Yeah, um, I appreciate the question, um, and so I'll tell you just generally, uh, maybe what I've been what I've been wrestling with or sitting in. Um, more often than not lately, is just the disciples and what their journey in following Jesus uh, really looked like. I think sometimes we can look at the disciples and put them up on a pedestal, but the reality is uh, when you really get into their lives and you really get into um, looking at what they what their journey in following this person, this real person of Jesus looked like. Um, It's been a lot of fun. I've been reading through the book of Mark with uh, two groups of guys, actually. And so I've been spending a lot of time there. And that's kind of what led me to just start to ask this question personally. What did it it really look like for these guys who are following Jesus? And I think what I've found was I, I relate to the disciples a lot more than I think I thought I did before. Um, They are very human. And that's uh, a good thing for me and a good thing for all of us. You go and read scripture to know that they are um, just like us in many ways. And so—
1: Can you imagine, by the way, I've often thought—I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, go for it. I've often thought, I am so glad my life is not recorded in the Bible for people to analyze thousands of years later.
0: No kidding. <laughs> could you can you imagine? <laughs> I cannot, and um, I'm glad, as you are, that that's not the case. Um, but the beauty is, uh, honestly, I think if our lives were recorded and if there was this faith journey captured, there would be um, there would be so many lessons learned. I think it's it's a good. What you're saying is something we could all probably do more of. How, how do we really share? what's going on in our own lives for the sake of God being glorified if he really is at work in our faith journey. So I, I couldn't agree more that I'm, I'm terrified of that, but I'm encouraged to share more of it at the same time. Well, it's why um, we connect
1: when we read these stories, of you know, to be serious. When you're talking about what you're going to get to with the disciples, it's why we connect with them because we go, ah, I'm not the only one.
0: right. Right. So specifically the story that I want to just, I want to touch on real quick that I was reading recently was, um, and again, I'm going to focus on the disciples mainly here, um, but it's the story of Jesus um, praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. And what I want to focus on within this story is, uh, first of all, just where Jesus is at. His death is imminent. He is about to be arrested. And um, he finds himself in this place. And I'll just, I'll read what it says here in verse 32. Jesus says to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, And he began to, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. He says, this is Jesus talking. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He said to them, stay here and keep watch. And so Without continuing to read the entire passage, what you have happen is Jesus is off praying um, in this moment of distress like we will never know. And his disciples, again, these human beings, fully human beings who are following this man Jesus, who have followed him for the last three years, have come to this point in time where Jesus, in his moment of distress that we can't comprehend, has asked them to stay, be alert, and keep watch. And what goes on after the fact, many, many people know this story, the disciples, they can't stay awake. They fall asleep three times. Jesus has to come back and pretty much shake and wake them up. And I I share that, I share it in that way because I want to relate to this story as I was reading it. I was laughing to myself. I don't know if any of you all have had that experience of trying to stay awake when you cannot keep your eyes open. And I'm kind of, uh, I was kind of laughing because I just imagined these three guys doing everything they could in the most practical human way to stay awake. I mean, I've been there where you're like, you're truly prying your eyes open with your fingers. I've been driving in the car before, you just, turn the music up as loud as you can and stick your head out the window so that you don't fall asleep. It is the most, I mean, truly, if your body says, I'm going to go to sleep, it takes everything in you to not just fall asleep at the wheel. And so I was just kind of laughing about how these disciples were, they wanted so badly to listen and obey to what Jesus had called them to do in that moment, to just stay here and keep watch. And what we find is that they can't do it. And what Jesus says when he comes and wakes them up, he says, the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. And so he recognizes the struggle of them as humans, because Jesus is fully human and fully God, as we know. Yet what we find here is he, he, he he's able to connect with the disciples by saying the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. And so he sees that they are in their spirit, their human spirit, in their will, they want to do everything they can to conjure up you know, the muscles that they have to stay awake, yet they can't do it. And Jesus sees their weakness in that. And I just appreciate the heart of Jesus there. Uh, because he's able to connect with the humanity of these disciples, knowing that they don't have the capacity as humans to do what he's asked them to do apart from him. And I think that is, for me, what I need to remember, that these disciples are just like me, and Jesus in person, in the flesh, has asked them to do something, and they try to take their will and their might to listen and obey, yet they can't do it. And so the lesson for me in this as I as I continue to walk out my own faith journey in following Jesus, as I know that he's called me to certain things and called me to show up in certain ways for certain people, like my friend, my tendency so often is to say, I think I know what you want me to do, God, and I'm just going to do everything in my can everything I can in my human power to make this happen. And reality is that's when, you know, I, I, I feel miserably and I fall asleep at the wheel and I don't perform in the way that I wanted to for God. And the, the freeing part about that for me is that I know Jesus has grace for me in that and that he still is willing to work with me and calls me to keep walking in my faith journey to learn how to listen to his spirit and to trust that his spirit is the one who can handle doing the will of God. Because if it's my will, it's not the will of God being done. But if I trust in his spirit and believe that his spirit will lead me towards doing the will of God, then then I'm on to something. And then I see God do wonderful things for the sake of his glory and not my own or through my own strength. So. That really is kind of where God's been challenging me as we come to a time, you know, with this, with this pandemic and with quarantine, it's, it's really easy to start saying, okay, what do I got to do to shift the way that I'm going to do ministry or how we get creative here and go and fix this or fix that? And I really believe that, that God wants us to wait and listen and know that we can't do this through our own will and through our own strength in our own flesh, we need His Spirit to move. And so the only way that we really can listen is if we are patient, if we do wait and wait on Him and not try to get ahead of what He's trying to do. So that's just a little bit of kind of where I've been at in Scripture and how I've been encouraged by um, the, the tripping and falling of the disciples that that is relatable. Um, yet at the same time, I see men and the disciples who continue to pursue him and are welcomed to pursue him despite the fact that they're broken. Uh, That's the essence of the gospel. It's the essence of the grace that Jesus offers us through his sacrifice. So uh, I hope that's encouraging, uh, to whoever's listening to this and, um, that's what I've that's kind of the, the little bit I wanted to share
1: well it's very encouraging Graham and I want to thank you for sharing it with us it's given me a lot to think about and I hope everyone listening has at least a nugget or two to take away and I do want to thank everyone for listening to the search in your city podcast if you've got a question comment thought anything you can send it on over to us podcast at searchnational.org dot org and until next time thanks for listening